imagine you're climbing up a fence of healing or a ladder of healing. Okay. And you're, you're pulling yourself up. Right. And the mushrooms are there to just like push your butt up over the top. Like they're holding mm -hmm. you from the bottom, but you're still doing all the work. The amazing thing about the mushrooms is that they speak. They talk to you. They will answer questions, carry on conversations. Psilocybin just pulls up a chair on the porch and puts its feet up. Today, Courtney speaks with Tracy T. Tracy T is a trailblazer in the momosphere, bringing the sacred use of plant medicine to mothers. After over a decade of connecting and entertaining moms through her nationally touring comedy show, The Pump and Dump Show, Tracy's mission exploded into a new paradigm of support and healing. In 2022, she launched Moms on Mushrooms, an innovative communal healing and microdosing course designed exclusively for mothers. Tracy's approach combines a reverence for the sacred feminine and indigenous wisdom and draws on her lifetime of learning about women's health and wellness. And since its launch, Moms on Mushrooms has been featured on publications including NPR, Good Morning America, Rolling Stone Magazine, and the London Times. Tracy T. has also appeared on Dr. Phil, and as an invited speaker at MAPS Psychedelic Science Conference. You're listening to Psilocybin Says. To support it, join the conversation in the YouTube comments, subscribe on YouTube and podcasts, and stay connected on Instagram and TikTok. And now, please welcome Tracy T. Hey, Tracy, it's great to have you here. Welcome to Psilocybin Says. Thank you so much. I am so happy to be here. Yes, me too. Happy to be here. Yeah. Two moms. Happy to be here. It's a With big the mushroom. actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I've been looking forward to this conversation for some time now. Um, I actually came across an article um, where you were featured, I think, in Psychedelics dot com or something like that where basically you're sharing um about uh psychedelic parenting and i just so appreciated your your insights on that uh particularly around how um working with psychedelics can help us play uh mm -hmm. with our children so i'm just yeah i'm really glad that you're here and i'm just really looking forward to hearing more about your story and you <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So tell uh, tell our listenership more um, about you, how you got into the psychedelic world. Great. Thank you. Um, it's my, I always say like my origin story is kind of a long tail, um, but I am, I am a late bloomer in the psychedelic space and no one is more surprised that she's here than me talking on this <laughs> podcast. Um I didn't come to working with magic mushrooms specifically until my mid forties and never really did anything before that. Um, I'm from Colorado, so I've had my fair share of cannabis. It's not really my jam, although actually through uh, working with entheogenic medicines, I've realized that, um, can we pause just one second? Did you yeah, hear that? Sure. Did you hear no. my, oh, you mm -hmm. didn't. Okay, good. Sorry. There was a notification. Yeah. I'm using yeah, those it's off. all good. 
Um, so through working with entheogenic medicines, I've actually come to appreciate cannabis like consciously and have worked with that in a ceremony space. Um, and I absolutely uh, started drinking at a young age and drank all through college, my 20s and my 30s and most of my 40s. And then COVID happened. And um, I actually come to this particular business by way of a live comedy show. That was my career for nearly 10 years. I started a live comedy show with my best friend since the eighth grade and business partner called The Pump and Dump, which was a comedy show about parenting. And we wow. toured the country and built a very successful, amazing business. And it was really about bringing moms together around the things we've had in common. So I've been in the momosphere since I had my own daughter, who's now 13 years old. Um, and we had actually just passed the torch onto two other casts in 2019, one out of Chicago, one out of LA to start touring regionally. We were days away from signing an off-Broadway contract with two Tony Award-winning producers in New York that we were going to be headlining and, and then start a new cast out of New York. And then the lockdowns happened. And within two weeks, we basically watched a business that we had grown from absolutely nothing fall through our fingers like sand. And we ended up having to cancel almost 100 shows um, Mm, for 2020 ouch. and mm -hmm. then in 2021 it was pivot 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 like everybody else and just couldn't get back on our feet and by the end of 2021 um we decided the stars are not any longer aligned for the pump and up show and we just kind of threw in the towel but mm. as anyone who owns their own business knows it is very much a family member it definitely becomes a part of you in every mm -hmm. sense of the word and the grief of losing a company, mm -hmm. especially when you didn't do anything wrong. It yeah. just, there was nothing we could do about it except sit idly by and watch, <clears throat> watch mm -hmm. it disappear. The grief was palpable. And um, fortunately for me, it launched me into a deeper level of my own sort of spiritual journey that I had been on for many years prior to that. And um, in that journey, I was just sort of given permission to work with plant medicine. Now I had been, I always, I forget this part of my life because I talk about psychedelics so much now, but I'm very much a green witch. I have been working with herbs and essential oils and plants for, mm -hmm. at, uh, for as long as I can remember. I love plants. So I've always mm -hmm. studied psychedelics. Um, ayahuasca made so much sense to me way mm -hmm. back before it became so trendy, but I always thought, how am I ever supposed to do that? Like I'm a mom, like there's mm -hmm. no way I'm just going to go to the Amazon rainforest for three months and, you know, study with a shaman. So I just sort of put it on the back burner as something that I wasn't allowed to do. And then this wide space of this, um, you know, of the lockdowns opened up and I just finally answered the call. And the call honestly came from that same best friend of mine saying, you know what, in 2020, we're going to go on a camping trip uh, with a bunch of other ladies at this lake, and you're going to put on your big girl pants, and you're going to try mushroom. <laughs> and nice. I was like, okay. It's my kind of lady squad. I know, right it was the best, <laughs> night, the best night ever. And when I was driving up to it, I remember thinking to myself, if there's something here, if there, if, 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 if this night is how I feel like it's going to go, there is something here. And again, this is after I, I remember I went and like saw Paul Stamets by myself 
at when he came to Denver to speak. And again, I was just like, well, this sounds great, but I'm never going to do it. Mm -hmm. And so this moment was really pivotal for me. And of course it was, everything did happen. I, my heart grew four sizes that night. I confirmed my connection with God. I saw a grid of protection over the earth. I felt love like I'd never felt before, but always knew that I understood. And I was a changed woman. And that really, that really led me to look into microdosing because on top of all of the grief and the businessy stuff, I had also have had a lifetime of very serious reproductive health issues. I had stage four endometriosis that was diagnosed when I was in my 20s, which led through a series of massive surgeries, an emergency C-section, mm. and then eventually a full hysterectomy when I was 41, which plummeted me into wow. surgical menopause at a really young age. And mm. I was put on by my functional medicine doctor, I think very wisely, put on Wellbutrin before my surgery to carry me into this massive mm -hmm. transition that no one prepared me for at all, mm -hmm. except for her. And I was very grateful for the Wellbutrin, but I knew that it wasn't a sustainable solution. And I also was kind of like, who am I without it now that all my hormones are gone? Now that I'm this completely different physical person, mm -hmm. I don't know what I feel like without it. And I don't know that I want to find out, right? I mean, it was mm -hmm. a big deal. Yeah. And so microdosing made perfect sense to me theoretically. Um, and no one was really talking about it. But um, I ended up trying it. And my life, when I started with small doses, my life just went like that. And just, I just, everything around my spirituality, around the question marks, around the things that I was struggling with that I didn't love about myself, but couldn't figure out how to break through and fix, all just started to fall away gently. And I just hmm. really felt myself becoming the best version of myself. And, um, and then from there, I, you know, looked into large dose journeys, which is its own like portal to get there. And it was really in that large macro dose where like many people, I was sort of shown a lot of things about my life. And it was, it became very clear that this medicine is here at this time. Um, I believe for mothers specifically to bring us together and to bring us the healing that we're so desperately seeking. And for me, having brought mothers together around laughter and comedy, which I'm so grateful for, mm -hmm. um, but you know, in a bar setting involving alcohol, I was, that was kind of like the old way. And it just became so clear that the new way was to come together and actually start talking about things mm -hmm. to reform what it means to be in a community and to actually clear this stuff out instead of just mm -hmm. renumerating around about it over and over again in our same paradigm and toxic ways. And mm -hmm. from there, after I was integrating, I was in meditation one day and moms on mushrooms, MOM just sort of landed in my head and I sat up and I was like, well, that's genius. Like yeah. <laughs> out of it, you know, who am I? And, you know, ran to the computer, it was available. And I was just, honestly, I, I remember I was just like, okay, all right, God, if that's, if that's what you want, I guess I'll do it. And here we yeah. are. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's so many, so many things uh, I want to respond to from what you just said. First off. Yeah you're never too old and it's never too late. <laughs> right. <clears throat> my husband, Eric, um, got my parents potentially the most unique Christmas present um, this past year. He got them a an LSD trip 
uh, that he's going to hold space for them <laughs> while they see for the first time. And I found this perfect card um, in this local women owned uh, shop in Louisville, Kentucky, where we live that says you're never too old and it's never too late. And inside it was his letter with the invitation <laughs> to, to hold space while they have their first LSD trip. And they were into um, it. Like they were, I, they were, I wasn't sure. I was like, Eric, I don't know. Like, I just feel like they may be a little weirded out by that. Uh, he's dropped hints before. I mean, yeah. we do have a mushroom church uh, and right. did mushroom retreats in Jamaica for so long. So it's not like the weirdest gift ever from, from us, but they were really touched. They said, we're going to do it. <gasps> they got all excited. They're like, let's do it. <laughs> It's so, so wonderful. It's never too late. It's never, it's too, never late. too late. No. I, yeah. And we get so not. many moms coming to Moms on Mushrooms in kind of their third act. And it's so inspiring to just be mm -hmm. like, here I am in my 60s, 70s, even 80s. And I'm still willing to change my mind. It's so yep. beautiful. It is. Yeah. And in Jamaica, you know, I was really surprised by that when we started the retreat center there in 2013. Micro Meditations, uh, which we no longer own, uh, we passed on to our former partners. But um, I thought when we started that, I thought, you know, we're just going to have a bunch of people that are just like hippies. They're just going to want to come and just like go crazy and eat mushrooms in the tropics. And I was I was beside myself. Yeah. The people that were signing up were in their 50s and 60s, mm -hmm. almost, you know, like 90% of the people who had never had a psychedelic experience mm -hmm. before in their entire life, oftentimes mm -hmm. never smoked cannabis mm -hmm. at all, and were just intentionally ready yeah. for a shift, a change in perspective, a spiritual experience. So, yeah, you're so right. And I love that you touched on comedy and psychedelics yeah oh my gosh can we please talk about this more <laughs> i mean that show hasn't been written yet but i know that okay. there's probably one brewing but it's certainly this life this journey is freaking hilarious and anyone yes, <laughs> who takes themselves so seriously that they can't laugh at what we're all doing uh is missing the point and yeah and um and and also it's not, a, it's not supposed to be so dark and serious. I mean, as we heal, of course, I've gone through a thousand ego deaths and many dark nights of the soul and mm -hmm. many months on the floor with my face down in prayer, weeping. All of those mm -hmm. things are true. I've also had the best belly laughs of my life. I've also allowed myself to just laugh at myself which is so liberating. And, yeah. um, and it's funny. This is, it's mm -hmm. funny stuff. It is. It's hilarious. Look yeah. at us just, you know, bopping around, just trying to figure drugs. stuff out. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's so funny. I mean, the majority of my mushroom experiences now, they really didn't used to be this way. Uh, when I first started out um, practicing with the mushroom in 2012. Um, but yeah, now it's, it is so liberating to just laugh. Yeah. So we take ourselves so seriously yeah. so much. And yes, like life is, it can be serious. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, intentional decisions to make every day. Um, but yeah, to just laugh and with community. Like, yeah. I love that you bring up um, community mm -hmm. as well. Um, 
So I'd love for you to talk more about that, um, what your experience has been like in community with the mushroom. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. I just, I think everyone who feels called to this medicine and kind of like crosses over that bridge to create a relationship with any entheogen, right? Like, but for me specifically, uh, magic mushrooms are absolutely like my master plant teacher. Um, you, you know, you are, you come to know certain things to be true for you. And I really think for me, I believe deeply that this medicine should not be taken in a vacuum. It's not meant to be a solitary pursuit. Um, it is meant to bring us together and everything about it, you know, starting with the mycelial web begs us to connect that is the whole point. And so I think we do the medicine a real disservice to um, assume that this healing journey in conjunction with the medicine should be done in this solitary space. Um, not only do you grow more by sharing your experiences with other people because you're opening up a level of vulnerability that we have cut off for generations now, especially in the West. We don't talk vulnerable vulnerably about things we don't understand, things that might scare us, things that um, we experience that bring us awe and wonder, but maybe we need answers. Um, mm -hmm. we don't, we don't really default to that kind of conversation. So allowing yourself to do that, like with, with the medicine at the center, just gives you a whole nother level of understanding of integration, um, and of healing and then listening, which is something we also aren't great at doing in the West, mm -hmm. listening to other people's experiences gives you a broader understanding, a contextual understanding of your own by hearing what other people are going through. And mm -hmm. I just think that that is what they want. Um, mm -hmm. I'd even go so far as to defer, you know, dissent from the greats who of course were all men, you know, back in the day, but I don't agree with Terrence McKenna that you should just close yourself in a dark room and take nine grams and go on this hero's journey alone. I think you should go in a room and there should be someone holding space for you. I think if it's a woman, it should be an elder. You know, if you're going through this, find the elders, find our original elders and have someone who can navigate the landscapes with you, hold space for you and give you love. And so that you can receive it while your mind is in your consciousness is being expanded. So community is everything. And mm -hmm. I don't think that this medicine needs to default to the way of scientism. I know that we understand that there's a lot going on in the brain and I'm all for longitudinal studies and understanding that for sure. But I also believe that we can believe each other and that anecdotal science or anecdotal experiences have value. And the mm -hmm. medicine doesn't make you want to lie. Like that, those things kind of are kicked out or exaggerate. If you're truly communing with this medicine, you want to tell the truth of like what's going on with you. And if you are in community with people, you want to believe them. And I think there's a lot of lessons there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I mean, Albert Hoffman, he had his, uh, the founder of LSD had his first LX LLC experience totally experientially 
no, um, no science to back it. I mean, I right. think after he told his friends about that, they were probably pretty into <laughs> trying it out for themselves. Yeah, I want um, some of that on your bike. But yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I, I love what you're saying. Um, and which is one reason I was really, I've been really looking forward to this interview is your um, approach to community building um, and seeing how you're doing that just in what I've seen on your website and in your social media, your emphasis on bringing moms together mm-hmm. and continuing to open up a forum for them for conversation and your different levels of accessibility. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate. I know you have like different uh, entry levels to different programs. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of which is very accessible. I feel like for women to just get some basic information yeah. um, about like just gen- just very foundational stuff about practicing with the mushroom um, as there's so many questions uh, out yeah. there right now. There's so many questions. And also we have to unlearn the allopathic um, method of medicine and what it means to heal. We also have a lot of programming around being told what to do. We are, you know, to get a little astrological about it, we are leaving the age of Aquarius, which is linear line, structure, formation. Those things have brought us to where we are, have created technology, have created systems and societies, and there's a lot of value there. But what is lost is a less linear path of curiosity, Mm -hmm. compassion, questioning, and also we we fell into this obsession with a hierarchy that there's someone at the top that has to tell everyone else what to do. And you see this in every system. You see it in education, you see it in science, you see it in politics, you see it in religion. And what I'm trying to do, and it's actually proving to be surprisingly difficult, is release the guru mentality altogether and empower moms with information because information is good. You need to learn about what you're doing. And this isn't passive medicine. Okay. This isn't something that we take from a bottle and the passivity actually comes from the hierarchy, right? We're so used to going into a doctor's office and being told, just take this a, you know, a will equal B. If you take this pill at the same time every day and everyone else is doing it, and these are the known results, but also C, D, E, and F might also happen. And you're just going to have to deal with it and don't question it and don't ask why Mm. you feel like crap. Mm. And inside that there's no malleability. um, And there's no empowerment because you don't even know what's in your medicine. You don't know those language. You don't know those chemicals and you don't really have any context. But psilocybin is actually surprisingly easy to understand its foundations. The chemical Mm -hmm. makeup is pretty straightforward. And it does take some unlearning to say, all right, before I just throw this down the hatch, I'm going to learn about it. I'm going to create a relationship with it. I'm going to understand what's happening. And what I'm finding is that it's people really still just want to be told what to do. And mom, we're just like, you can do it yourself. You know, here's some guidelines, here's some structures. And do you remember this? Do you remember this intuition that's in, that's here, that's in your womb? Do you remember that amazing thing that we call gut instinct and mother Mm -hmm. instinct? Do you remember that? You can tap into that and you will know. Um, So yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How long do we have? Because (laughs) I, (laughs) I feel like this has been so much of my journey over the last, uh, since I've been in the world of psychedelics, um, is that like trying to like feeling so strongly, um, you know, while I am 
I am so grateful for the research um, yeah. that's out there so that it it can better empower us and remind us of the safety of these sacred plants um, and fungi. I'm so grateful. I really am. And also at the same time, there is this big um, reason why I feel like people like you and me are here um, and our community is here to help remind each other, like with each other uh, in conversation and learning how to be authentic in what we're feeling and expressing again, mm -hmm. um, then, you know, we can, we can just kind of figure it out together. You um, really can. It's amazing. Yeah. And, and a, a beautiful thing. Um, and it's a shock to a lot of systems is, um, and we can get into this, which is why I really think like the modern Western woman, the modern Western mother, actually, I believe, um, and people, disagree with me, but this is my personal belief is that starting with microdosing is the way because you're creating that relationship. And what the beautiful thing about taking small doses consistently over time does is you start to feel it in your body in a way that you can um, manage and that you can understand. And when you start and, and, and mushrooms are so amazing with opening up the channels in your body so that you feel it for the first time. This is why I believe a lot of mothers when they start microdosing are so debilitatingly tired. It's because your heart and your gut are finally talking to your brain. They're all mm. listening to each other. And you know what they're saying? You're exhausted and you need to lay down to nap. Uh -huh. <laughs> like, you haven't yes. done it in 10 years and you're freaking tired. Yeah. And you, we are really good at ignoring those messages from our body. We shut it off after it gets past our throats, you know, and, and when we start to feel the medicine in our body, we will know what to do. You will, mm -hmm. your body will tell you, but that is a massive unlearning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really is. Um, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I used to be anti-microdosing. I used to be, I've, I've come around, um, but you know, cause I started off deep dive all the way, full moon, new moon, deep dive. Yeah. And I, it was hard for me. Okay. So I feel like I'm the type of person. It sounds like maybe you are too, where you see a crowd of people running this way and you're like, I'm going to go that way. hundred <laughs> So when I saw people flocking to microdosing, my initial instinct was a oh, trend. Yeah. Trend. Yeah. Blah, you know? And so I, I didn't speak highly of it for a while. Um, and then, but then I, kept having conversations with people who were coming to Jamaica um, and then coming to sanctuary uh, intentionally to practice with the mushroom. And they just kept saying like, you know, I, I found the mushroom through microdosing mm -hmm. and I've just, I've experienced so much healing with it and mm -hmm. opening and connection. I've, I've, like you're saying, I've been able to connect with myself for the mm -hmm. first time in so long. So then I was like, okay, all right. Okay, Courtney, open up. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's something here. And um, then I started to, uh, yeah, learn more about it and feel like maybe, you know, this can be a, a intentional practice too. Um, as yeah. Well. And it's, you know, it's like all things, it's not for everyone. Um, like all things, I do think it can be misused. And um, I think there's a lot of expectation put on it now. One thing I work really hard to do is like, tell you that this is not a magic pill. Mm -hmm. It's um, the best. I think my favorite analogy right now is that 
the mushrooms are, imagine you're climbing up a fence of healing or a ladder of healing, okay? And you're you're pulling yourself up, right? And the mushrooms are there to just like push your butt up over the top. Like they're holding mm-hmm. you from the bottom, but you're still doing all the work. And mm-hmm. yeah. I really believe, and I, and, I, and I will go to the mattresses on this one. I think mm-hmm. most people in our culture right now, if you're not like on a soul level, like already aligned with plants and there's people, you know, like you, that can just dive in and it's like, you just know. And that's, that's a lot of people, but most people now who are, who are feeling called to this medicine as sometimes a last resort, sometimes like your hail Mary, like I've tried everything else and I'm going to do this because I keep hearing about it. Mm -hmm. If you go into ceremony or God forbid you do it by yourself in your basement and you swallow three and a half grams of penis envy and don't know anything about what you're about to get into, it can be incredibly destabilizing. Mm -hmm. And that is where there is concern for mental health, regardless if you have schizophrenia or bipolar or anything, you know, it can just really jack you up if you have an experience that you have no context for. Mm-hmm. And so I would much rather people build a slow and steady contextual relationship with the medicine and then absolutely go do your large dose journey. Mm-hmm. They are un- they are profoundly important in yes. every way. But yeah. our society is fast, all in, no questions, don't research and and a little and not even a little bit, very passive. We just mm-hmm. want things to be done for us and that is not how this medicine works. Yeah. So I think having that relationship getting over fear, allowing yourself to deprogram and taking some time to learn about a new way of, of healing, of, um, feeling. I just think that's the way for the West. Um, and I think, mm -hmm. and I, and it makes me, I say this because I'm as protective of the medicine as I am of mothers in my lane where I work, but you know, you go Mm -hmm. in and you do a journey and it's, and it's scary or destabilizing or too much. It's overwhelming. Any, any number of things that we've all experienced and you don't have either someone there. You don't even know the integration is a thing. You don't have mm-hmm. a good guide. That's trustworthy. You don't have a community to talk to about mm-hmm. it. You say that sucked and you blame the medicine and I don't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All such points of wisdom. Um, the mushroom, uh, these medicines used to be practiced exclusively in community where there was a frame of reference that was instilled from Mm -hmm. childhood. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of us have heard that in um, ayahuasca cultures, there was ayahuasca put on the mother's nipple, you know, and that was the baby's first taste. Uh, So yes, I makes so much sense in the world, what you're saying. Um, And on a podcast that I recorded with Michaela Carlin, psychedelic mom yeah. <laughs> is her show. Um, her. She touched on this. Yeah, me too. Talking about the gentleness, like not being her new mm. edge, you know, like instead of like what you're saying, fast and hard, fast and hard, got to jump all the way in, do it, do it. Um, this new approach of, well, maybe, maybe I can be, you know, more soft with myself mm-hmm. and, gentle and just ease in and maybe there's there's a lot of value there uh which kind of feels like this feminine shift that we're experiencing it is and we have to learn we have to learn how to 
function in that gentleness. That's so amazing that you said that. I was literally driving back from school today and I always have a word of the year for myself. Um, and, and, and then last year I started kind of downloading a word like for my community and kind of like the collective, like how I'm seeing things and it helps me frame how to show up for others. And the word is gentleness. That's my word for the, for the nice. community. My word is purge. So that's fun. I was in the shower and it just like showed up as like, like a billboard in my brain. And I was like, ah, come on. Like, uh. why can't I have like expansion, abundance, but anyway, I'm purge. But the other word is gentleness. And I think there is so much learning inside gentleness. Um, and, 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 and microdosing is absolutely gentle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. My word of the year is embrace. Just had this conversation <gasps> with the women in our community. Yeah. I had a virtual vision board circle last week. Yeah. It was my first virtual vision boarding circle, which was oh. very interesting and fun. Was it? I would highly recommend it. Okay. I yes. was trying to figure out how to do something like that. I love yeah. that. Yeah. We did a collective vision board. So <gasps> I pulled up I've done in-person vision boarding workshops, like a handful of them before, and they're awesome. Um, But we have all these women across the country uh, that whenever we have an in-person vision board circle, they're like, oh, man, I want to do it, you know, but they're not in Kentucky, so they can't. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to figure this out for y'all. So I thought, well, I'll just pull up Canva and I'll screen share and we'll just, we'll go around. I do authentic relating activities in almost every one of my circles to help us practice um, communicating what's here with us now. So we did that and some meditation. And um, then I asked everyone to pick a word, their word for the year. And based on that word, I just searched pictures on Canva. It was really fun. I bet. Um, I was like, I love this. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was really playful. And that was part of my intention with it, you know, just with the vision boarding, you know, let's be sincere, but we don't have to be so serious. Like, let's just laugh and have fun with each other. Um, Someone, someone's word of the year was wings, like, you know, freedom wings. Mm. And I typed in wings to Canva and a bunch of chicken wings came up. Oh my God. The hardest time finding like, wings so wings that you're imagining yeah yeah uh so that was fun it was fun it turned out great um that you know it's really nice looking vision boards a collective vision board at the end so we had a a group vision board which was cool i've never done that before i this is very inspiring thank you for sharing i love this yeah it was easy did anyone have purge and i wonder what canva would have brought up (laughs) (laughs) i'm glad i wasn't there to ruin it (laughs) (laughs) that would have been Great. Yeah. <laughs> Purging can be, you know, it can be really, really great, really cathartic. Yeah. And it's coming in really hot. And, and I will, um, I shared it with one of my teachers, Laura Dawn, and she was like, wait, I'm going to read it too. Cause she just wrote okay. it. I mean, it was, she just said, um, she said, purge, purge is a solid prayer. It's a phase you just can't skip. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's amazing how I, 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 you know, when I read it first, I was like, girlfriend's been purging for many, many years. How much more purging, but to do it intentionally, I'm kind of excited. And it's, and I think it actually, I like gentleness is the, is the antithesis to it because I do think purging doesn't have to be this dramatic, 
over the top, you know, albeit disgusting type thing. I think purging can be very mm -hmm. gentle. Purging mm -hmm. can be a letting go and a cleaning mm -hmm. out and it can be expansive. It can be, um, beautiful. Uh, if so, it's, I've already, I've already, you know, we're at January 24th and I'm already learning the lesson. So I'm grateful. Nice. That's yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we, if we clean the house regularly, then we don't have to do as many big, vicious, you know, deep cleans. So mm -hmm. I kind of feel like that's, that can be with purging too. Totally. So, so, okay. So you're a mom. <laughs> uh, how old are your kids? I have one daughter and she's 13. Oh, okay. Okay. So do you talk with her? How do you talk with her about this? Practice? Yeah. Um, you know, very openly. Um, when I, when I sort of transitioned into the psychedelic space and I knew that this was going to be a thing, um, when you have an only child, the relationship is incredibly intimate, um, because there's no one, there's no one to, there's no one to diffuse, what's happening with the parents, right? You can't say, go play with your brother. There's no one there. And mm -hmm. um, she just happens to be incredibly um, observant and, and we're close. And her, I mean, her, like she was the why kid when she was like three, why to everything. So mm -hmm. I knew that there wasn't really any getting around. She was, you know, she was the one that figured out Santa Claus, like at a tragically early age. And I just couldn't lie to her because she just would keep asking why. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. I just knew that there was no getting around this t conversation. Also, my family, we have a big family. We have Sunday dinners. There's wine on the tables. She's grown up around alcohol and she mm -hmm. lives in Colorado. There's dispensaries on every street corner. So when my husband and I talked, we were just kind of like, all of this is in front of her. All of this mm -hmm. is already in her sphere of awareness. Why would we hide this amazing thing that isn't being binged, that isn't being abused, and that is changing certainly my life and has thrust me into this new career? Like, why would we hide that from her? So, mm -hmm. you know, we took it slow and, and, and I've had to, you know, the minute she could start reading and we would pass cannabis shops or billboards, you know, I had to explain cannabis to her. So we just kind of took that approach. Like this is a medicine. It can be great for healing. It's not for kids, you know, and I showed her, I showed her everything. This is what dried mushrooms look like. These are my capsules. See this chocolate, see these words. This is the word. Mm -hmm. And we just kind of keep the conversation up. And, um, and, you know, she's been, and I've been very open about, you know, when mom goes and does a journey, I think one of my proudest moments, we were driving to school and I had done a journey maybe like a week, the week prior or something. And she said, I know you may not want to talk about it because it sounds like it might be private, but if you ever want to tell me what happened in your journey, I'd love to hear. And I was like, are you an integration? Wow. <laughs> That's a yes. I know. And I just yes. was like, Okay. And for me also having grown up, you know, in the Reagan era and on the war and drugs, it's really important for me personally to just take that fear away. And it's amazing how, even though she's grown up in a family that's been pretty open about most things, we don't put our head in the sand with her. She mm -hmm. just, it's like in her DNA to be scared of certain things. And it only takes mm -hmm. like one comment from one person, mm -hmm. you know, somewhere that's like, don't do that. It's bad. Or you could die. And like, that's what sticks no matter how many mm -hmm. times mom has been on TV talking about this, how many women she sees that are so grateful that this medicine has helped them. It's mm -hmm. that message. And so keeping that going, keeping that conversation going is, is almost like an effort. 
um, to just mm -hmm. monitor her own pre-programmed fear and mm -hmm. bias and, and, and not throw it down her throat. Like you have to love mushrooms, but just say like, this is something that you shouldn't be scared of. And I mm -hmm. want you to be safe about it. And then God willing, when she starts going to parties and stuff, she's going to be empowered to understand all the drugs. She's going to understand alcohol. She's going to hear my stories, my, my tales. Mm -hmm. She's going to understand cannabis. She's going to know what to do and how to protect herself and how to make empowered choices. Um, yeah. And also, I have to say, she's 13. Like, the last thing she's probably ever going to do is magic mushrooms because her mom loves it so much. Because anyone <laughs> who's a parent knows that, if, you know, your kids do the opposite of what you do. So for anyone who's like wants to keep kids off psychedelics, just start doing psychedelics. <laughs> you know, yeah. And they'll be like, yeah, no, like, Ew, no that's lame. No yeah, mom does it too. yeah. My mom's a psychedelic mom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've been really curious how our kids, uh, so Eric has two kids prior to us being together. They're 14 and 21. And okay. then we have two together that are six and almost three years old. So, um, and our kids that we've had together have been, I mean, they just talk, they hear us talk about mushrooms. They've been hearing yeah. us talk about mushrooms for since they were born. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny, Theo, our six-year-old, sometimes he'll be playing in his room, like by himself and I'll walk by and he's like doing some imaginative, imaginative thing with his Legos, you know, and he's like pretending he's like, yeah, where do you want to go to mushroom church with me? Like, oh yeah, sure. You know, and he, yeah. that's just kind of his frame of reference. But I've been curious as they grow, grow into teenagers, how that will be for them, uh, with their friends. Um, and if they'll get me like... I don't know, pushback or I don't know. I'm just yeah, I'm really curious about it that. Is, it is curious. She's gotten a couple things, um, you know, and mushrooms are trendy right now and having girls mm -hmm. like, you know, there's like girls that are really into the cute mushrooms on their clothes and stuff. So it's kind of like out there anyway. It's mm -hmm. in, it's yeah. in pop culture as we know. Um, yeah. So that's interesting. So like when I take her, my daughter and like her girlfriend sh shopping and if there's like a mushroom sweatshirt, they're like, oh, you know, look, you know, and they yeah. show me. So they associate it, but I don't think they really have the broad context. But my daughter uh -huh. told me a couple of times, like someone, they were talking, I don't know, someone had a mushroom sticker or something. And someone else was like, mushrooms will kill you. And Evie was like, no, they won't, you know, and was very clear. And so mm -hmm. I was like, okay, she's hearing She's hearing something Great. to know that, like, at least defend that it's not bad. Um, yeah. And I'm seeing trends. You know, I've got nieces and nephews that are in high school and college. And, I, you know, I'm not at the parties with them. And I know that there's mm -hmm. a lot of concern at, for substance abuse with, with adolescents in general. There has been. Mm -hmm. And that's just a rite of passage. But I'm seeing, at least with the kids in my family, a little bit more mature approach to all of it mm -hmm. than even we did when I was in mm -hmm. high school. Yeah. I just think kids are a little smarter right now. I think that comes mm -hmm. with good parenting. I think it comes with um, more open conversations, less like abstinence, abstinence on all things and just be like, let's talk about it. And, mm -hmm. and I just don't think kids, I think these kids are born wise and they don't really want to get effed up um, like other yeah. generations did. So yeah, it'll be an interesting observation for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, I mean, kids now, uh, I think there's enough 
alcoholism in the world uh, where they've seen enough examples of their drunk uncle parents. or yeah, parents or parents, friends. And yeah. so seeing that and having that like, Ooh, <laughs> I don't want to do that. But yeah. when my mom comes back from a journey and she's like, playing with me and relaxed. I like that. I like that look. Yeah. And I think, and that's one thing that my husband and I really talked about, because we've definitely seen Mm -hmm. that too, is, you know, talking to the teenagers that we know that are just, yeah, absolutely. Like I, you know, I don't want that because I've seen what that does. Like drunk isn't, doesn't look fun to me at all. Cause I've seen the people, the adults in my life that I respect or love Mm -hmm. not modeling anything that I want to experience. Um, And so that's something that we feel very strongly about too, just in general, is just not being inebriated Mm -hmm. in any way from anything around her. Because there is a point when children, they know the energetic shifts of parents and they know when you're not the mom that feels safe. And Mm -hmm. that can be with cannabis, that can be with alcohol, that can be with mushrooms, um, can be with your phone. And being really cognizant of that and just maintaining a level of consistency showing up for your kids, even when you don't, you know, even when you want to let loose or you feel like they don't, you know, they're not going to notice they do, they do notice. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that's, I think a responsibility on our generation to to model for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like your husband has been along on the ride with you since, 2020 and like is he does he practice as well with he does not is not as um passionately as I do um but Uh he has a healthy appreciation he is open he um yeah and he is is fully supportive um and he's just Mm -hmm. seen the change in me and I think I think for to be, you know, perfectly transparent, there's probably some days where he's like, is she going to a place where she's not going to come back in terms of this woman I thought I knew? We've been married for 22 years. We have a long, we spent a lot of time together. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I actually am really grateful that I have like a really strong, long marriage to show others that you can change and you can hold mm-hmm. space. And it's just a real testament to the both of us that as we grow older, as our daughter gets older, as we change, like we are allowing ourselves to evolve and change together and mm-hmm. navigate that together and learn together. And I, this medicine has brought up a lot of big changes in our, mm-hmm. in our personal life in our relationships with other people um, that I think we are more open to talking about from a vulnerable space than we were, than we would have been 10 years ago. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. I love to hear that. Yeah, it's um, in in any relationship uh, where one person is on this path uh, mm-hmm. and experiencing a lot of new things and making shifts. Um, yeah, it, it says a lot about the both of you that you've, you, it seems like you're bringing him up in these conversations um, intentionally, uh, the intentional conversations with your daughter. And um, it's just, it's really beautiful for me to hear that and for you all to be modeling that. Thank it's you. Really nice. yeah. It's also, I think, important, you know, I think I'm certain you feel this and, and see it daily there's a drumbeat happening in the earth right now that women are hearing 
um, very loudly. And there is this call. Um, there's a shift happening. We all know this to be true. And, and some of us feel that drumbeat and are like, take me to it. I'm all in. Some of us are like, why am I hearing that? Something is changing. Um, I also want to change. I don't know where to start. And some of us are like, I hear the drumbeat and I'm not ready. Mm -hmm. And um, when you start to shift who you are, when you really start to change your mind and, and answer that drumbeat or that call, there is a default mode of sort of either superiority and sort of evangelism that can happen where mm -hmm. you're like, well, then everyone has to think like me. Everyone has to change at the pace I am changing. Everyone needs to do this. And I think it's a real um, testament to the path and the medicine of keeping your ego in check and not expecting, you know, I went through a phase where it's like, okay, my husband's not, he's not reading the same, all the same books I am. Some of it he reads, you know, he doesn't always want to talk about whatever mm -hmm. weird thing I'm like into in the mm -hmm. moment. Um, he doesn't really care about my love for Holy Basil, but he certainly drinks the tea, <laughs> you know, and uh -huh. I have to allow that. Like he's on his own path mm -hmm. and it's not up to me to just like hammer it in because that's the old way too. That's that hierarchy. Like you have to do it my way because this is what I believe now. And mm -hmm. that's going back to that gentleness and that softening of just allowing and saying, I'm going to hold space for the real people that I'm in love that I'm in alignment with. Um, mm -hmm. Cause sometimes people fall away and because they're not truly in alignment, but saying like, I love this man and he loves me and he supports me, but I, he doesn't have to be like me, <laughs> you know, uh -huh. and it, doesn't, it doesn't mean our marriage is bad. It doesn't mean I'm a hypocrite. It doesn't mean he's dumb. It just means we're different humans, which we always were. And we're, we're on this journey together. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I think I needed to hear that <laughs> today. Just, I mean, when, passionate people like ourselves <laughs> I can I certainly go through waves of um of passion and creativity and energetic like floods of mm -hmm. wow I need to create and I need mm -hmm. to like be on this path of doing this thing I have this vision now and and it's it's happening and and um yeah allowing those our loved ones in our life to just integrate that um is is really important and feels really good um when we allow that to happen um and just just flow and i really like i think there's a lot of wisdom there's a, so much wisdom and grace in the in the people that really love you that are like hell yes go this might not be for me right now yeah and, and that both and holding that and, and, and feeling, receiving that, like knowing that someone has got my back, but just isn't, doesn't feel called to psychedelics. That is love. Like that mm -hmm. is love. Now there's the other side where like, I love you and I'm judging you. Not, that's not love, yeah, <laughs> you know, right. and I've experienced both, but to just say, go, 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 go. And yeah. I'm going to be here. And and I, there's so much wisdom and quietness. And I am a manifesting generator, triple Aries, Enneagram eight. Like I wake <laughs> up every day and I'm like, what are we doing? Like, yeah. I, and that's not my husband. Thank God. Oh my gosh. We'd burn the place down if he was like matching me, you know? 
Uh huh. Yeah, my son, uh, six-year-old son's a triple Aries as well. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, hey, we made an agreement somewhere yep. along the line, so yep. I'm in, I'm in it to win it with him. Oh, He's wow. great. I love Aww. that kid. Um. So okay. So, could you talk a little bit more about your um microdosing practice, like how that shows up for you in your day-to-day life? Yeah. Um, it's, it's, um, always changing. I think for me, number one is intention. Um, I, this month has been really potent. Um, and I actually haven't been microdosing that much at all. I've actually really been sitting with cacao. I'm in the middle of a cacao Mm -hmm. facilitator course. That's another just plant teacher that I just Mm -hmm. adore. And I finally just found a course that just allowed me to go deeper. So I've really been sitting with that medicine. I also think cacao and mushrooms go Mm -hmm. so beautifully together. Mm -hmm. And I like to drink my mushrooms. Um, it slows me down. It is a kind of like soft way of integrating the medicine. Um, there's something that feels very harsh with just swallowing down capsules that doesn't like Mm -hmm. I, I could swallow a capsule of 150 milligrams and I, I probably wouldn't feel it, but if I drank it, it like infuses in my body. That's me. Um, and so I have to always check myself, like, is today a day where the medicine is calling? Okay, the medicine is calling, why? Um, okay, well, I'm writing, I am working through something, I am overwhelmed and stressed, I'm bored, and really checking what the right reason is, and then taking a mm-hmm. microdose. And I'll almost sometimes, like, kind of as, a, as someone who's creating a community I'll try, I'll, I'll do it the opposite. Like I'll just microdose without thinking just to check and see like how it feels in my body, almost like a personal study. And Mm -hmm. it never, it never lands. So I really just listen to my body and listen to my heart. And I try not to be in Aries about it and, uh, you know, um, ask myself why, and then why again, and then why one more time. And if it's loud and clear, then I'll microdose. So, everyone always wants to like how much I take. And I would say I microdose between zero and five times a week. It, you know, there's mm-hmm. many weeks that go by where I just don't have it at all. And mm-hmm. there's some weeks where I'll do, I'm like, okay, I want a protocol. I'm, I'm ready. I want to do five straight days. I'm ready to go in. I have the space um, to practice with it or sit with it. And lately I've just been, especially like working with cacao more intentionally. I was in the car a couple days ago and I was, I just felt the mushrooms show up and Mm -hmm. I didn't take any mushrooms. Yeah. And um, so I'm, I feel like I've kind of turned this corner where I'm just like, I mean, you're always with the medicine, right? If this is your path, but like, Mm -hmm. I I was like, oh, that just got activated and there was nothing there. So, but I think you have to allow yourself the space to let that happen. Mm -hmm. And, um, So that's, I don't know, did that answer your question? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, It kind of goes back to what we touched on earlier with wanting to encourage those in our lives and our community to listen to what feels like right uh, for them. Um, And I can definitely relate to just wanting somebody to tell me what to do. Like, I'm oh, tired. I just want, just tell me what to do. <laughs> I don't want to get in touch with myself right now. Right. But, um, but that's like, that's the guidance 
that's the true guidance right there. Um, and I love your answer so much. And it, 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 I've certainly experienced in our community, um, like we have a subtle sacrament program. So it's, um, up to 0.99 of a dose is like the entry level, um, mm. communion is like our mm-hmm. terminology. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and it, it, it's, it's interesting to navigate these conversations with our community members who get really frustrated and want to know, just like, just give me a schedule and yeah. I'll just do the schedule. And while I, I totally get that, like if you have no frame of reference for like how to proceed, then yes, like having some kind of frame of reference is so important. And like with the encouragement to like, here's your frame of reference, like, you know, up to, three days a week or five days a week or whatever protocol you want to yeah. look at for guidance. And also like, if you're feeling like, uh, it's just, does not feel right today. Then listen, yes. listen to that. That's like, totally. that's the learning. Like that's the growth is in that communication of talking with yourself, talking with the mushroom. Like, is this a fit today? No. And it okay. and it answers like your <laughs> yeah. body answers. It answers, and you know, and that's exactly why we have three and a half month containers. I do think it's an investment. It's an investment in your time and your mm-hmm. your um, attention, and the way that you communicate. And again, I just keep back coming back to like the unlearning and trusting yourself. But that if you've never done that before, of course, yeah, like you're saying, like you're not gonna know what to do. And we have a mom protocol because everyone's same thing. Like why, how, how I'm like, okay, start two days a week. Do you feel this? Go this way. Do you feel this? Go this way. Fine. Yeah, I get it. But more importantly, like hop into a group, you know, whether it's Mm -hmm. mom or you, or I don't care who it is, but do it intentionally and give yourself some time to see the evolution. Even if that means like, I love the idea of like communion and like a first integration, like do it it's just, it's, it comes down to intention and, Uh and knowing your why. And I think we put so many things in our body and we don't even look at it. Um, and the women who I find sometimes are struggling with their microdosing practice, I'll ask like, when's the last time you looked at it in your hand before you took it? Have you ever said, thank you? Like, do you, have you ever given it a prayer of gratitude What's a prayer? I mean, we don't even know really how to pray anymore. We are so infused with shame in this idea that everything we do is wrong if we're not following the rules, that we are paralyzed in our own embodiment. And so a prayer doesn't have to follow this certain thing. And you don't have to say these things. You just have to be honest and grateful. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, and those are learned practices that we're coming as a society. I think we're coming back around to Mm -hmm. Um, the idea of ceremony. And, you know, I'm going to bring that up with our kids. Like we aren't, and as a culture, we're not raised around any idea ceremony, even our churches. It's not actual ceremony. It's hierarchical performance. Mm -hmm. You know, why isn't church outside under trees? Like, come on. Like Mm -hmm. where, why, where is the, where is the back and forth? Where is the group and participation? You know, it's one thing to repeat back prayers or, or scriptures. It's another thing to have it be in a, in a true circle, We don't, Mm -hmm. we've lost all of that. So of course you're going to want to know what to do with the medicine. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. We're, we have this amazing opportunity right now. Like, as you mentioned, the drum is beating and we're feeling the call now to revisit like what, what is spirituality to Mm -hmm. us? What is church? What is community? What is sacred? Like what, what are all these things? Let's get back to what we originally meant (laughs) with all these terms and practices. Um, And it's, yeah, it's such a beautiful opportunity to be able to redefine these things. And it's scary. I mean, I see this with my own mother who's like questioning is like feeling her witch come online, but has, you know, (laughs) deeply believes in Jesus and the Bible is one of the most Mm -hmm. intelligent women I've ever met. And the crunchiness of her allowing both to exist, the crunchiness of her allowing her gifts to finally show themselves and to sit in her gifts on a daily basis while she's also looking to the Bible for wisdom and for answers. Like you can do both, Mm -hmm. but it's that shedding of this idea that you have to be told what to do, you know? And she's, she's struggling with trusting herself. It's, and we we've been told for generations for centuries that we're the last person that we can trust. Yeah. And so naturally microdosing, and this is, this is a shadow side, right? You and I both see it all the time and spirituality. It's, it can become very performative. You know, I always cringe when I see like microdosing challenge and, you know, uh, do it this way. And I'm just like, no, it's not, it's the the yang. It's the man, it's that male masculine energy that has served us very well and still can in this medicine, but it's the, I believe it's the wrong approach. It's certainly the wrong approach for me. And we're still caught up in this linear idea that we have to just like shove protocols down people's throats that we have to tell people how it is. And then the shame that even comes inside spirituality and the different modalities and the different beliefs. And, you know, I'm from this culture and you're from this and you can't do this and you can do this and you're appropriating and you're not. And all these things. I mean, there's a lot of lessons to be learned in there. And then there's a Mm -hmm. lot of just butting heads. And Mm -hmm. when all we really need to do is just be quiet and listen, you know? Listen. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We are relearning or learning in a new way, maybe how to listen and um, recognize that we are each other. uh, And by, by like really feeling that deeply knowing that, you know, you look different than me, you sound different than me, you believe different things than me, like yet somehow we are connected and we need each yeah. other. Yeah. And when we can do that, which easier said than done, mm-hmm. <laughs> but we can just, like you're saying, like be still, all right, just hear someone out, hear where they're coming from and like see the value in their perspective. And like try and communicate like how we feel about that in a, in a way where like we can, we're in this together. We're in this together. I have feelings. You have feelings. And some of that yeah. involves saying you're sorry. Some of that involves saying you were wrong. Some of that involves <clears throat> telling someone else that they were wrong, you know, or that's not acceptable. I mean, there's so much give and take. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, curiosity, mm-hmm. kindness, and compassion are kind of my three, like, if you have that, 
you can really, you can work through anything, you can get through anything and you can learn anything, but curiosity comes first. And that, that absolutely comes by saying, tell me why I need to do this 30 day challenge. Tell me why this protocol is the only way to do it. You know, Mm -hmm. tell me why I should do a large dose before I microdose or tell me why I should microdose before I do a large dose. And then, and then that, the, the person on the other end of that conversation saying, I trust you to make the right decision. And it, your decision has nothing to do with me. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Right. Nothing yeah, to do you with got me it. whatsoever. Like, whatever you end up with. Cool. Yeah. Cool. It's like, like what you said, um, you know, you mentioned like, you know, I don't care if somebody goes to you for their practice or comes to moms on mushrooms or whatever. Like I, like that in itself could be a whole topic of a podcast um, with where we're at in the resurgence of psychedelics right now. Yeah. Um, like is so fascinating to me and hilarious that there's so much like battling going on um, in the world of psychedelics. Like yeah. it's, it's like when I am with the mushroom, when I'm in the mushroom space, I laugh hysterically at it. Um, Cause it's all what we need to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's kind of like what you mentioned earlier. It's like the antithesis of the the lesson, like the deep lessons that we're all connected, uh, like in the psychedelic space. Um, but I love this approach of collaboration and encouraging like collaboration within different organizations um, and encouraging people that come to us like you know, what do you, what feels good for you? Like encouraging that conversation with like, it's, it's truly okay. Like if this isn't a fit, here's someone else that may be a fit for you. Yay. Why would you want, yeah. Like why would I want to force someone to join mom? (laughs) It sounds awful. Yeah. Um, and, (laughs) And also I think that I have no problem having a level of expectation of the people I collaborate Uh with. I have no problem having my own values and things I care about and holding others to those values in, in, for me, it's inside the space of safety and love um, and deep, a, a deep prayer that any one person finds her path. Um, but that doesn't mean everyone gets to study psychedelics. That doesn't mean, you know, every, you know, like they're inside that. I think there are guidelines and parameters yeah, and boundaries absolutely. that need to be set. Um, yes. And, absolutely. and, and only I will know what's right for me and only you will know what's right for you or what's important to you. But those are, those things are important too. It's, it's, Definitely. it's not a free for all. And that just kind of just goes back to the, like the American, like, you know, and we're seeing it and it's, it, we laugh about it. It's out there. I think it'll, I think the medicine will sweep it away, but it is, there is like this mentality, like does one journey becomes a shaman and it's concerning. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like really concerning. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is a big part of, um, I mean, it's all wrapped up in this conversation that we're having about empowerment and listening to yeah. your intuition and, um, like all the times that someone's come to me and said, like, I want to go on a, on a journey. Like I want to uh, try ayahuasca or I want to try San Pedro or toad medicine or whatever it is. Um, like, how do I know who to go to? And like my simple suggestion to people is to reach out and have a conversation and listen, listen to yourself. If you're feeling like, a feeling of pressure or a feeling of like, 
like something that just feels like a drawing back or a drawing away, like listen to that. And it's not a fit. It's okay. Like there's other, other options that will feel good. Totally. And also like, we're just finishing up this beautiful, like kind of overview of taking a large dose journey to start that empowerment. But you know, you don't know what you don't know. So if you don't know the questions to ask a guide or someone who's serving medicine, it's very different than seeing a psychologist. Mm -hmm. Um, There again, there is, there is some effort that needs to be made before you can go have this life changing experience. And um, if I've, if I've learned anything again, as like, and I'll also add recovering type A onto my triple areas, manifesting generator, <laughs> and really, if there's anything that I've learned, mm-hmm. it's to take my time, like slow mm-hmm. and steady. Like, again, ask why, ask why again, ask why one more time, and then wait to make sure it feels good in your body. Yeah. We are in no rush. And I tell this to people all the time, like you've made it this far without it. Things may not be great in your world. And I get that you're feeling like this could be the thing, but like you're here, you made it this far. Like you don't need this tomorrow. You don't need to do Bufo tomorrow. You can wait. And in the waiting comes some wisdom when you learn to seek it. And the journey is already starting at that point. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So much of it is in the intention and the sitting yeah, the mushroom trip begins way before oh my gosh. you eat the mushroom. Way before. Wait, like, <laughs> like galactically way before. Way before. <laughs> yeah. Way before. yeah. So long ago, I, right? so far in the future. <laughs> like, it's already, you're there. We're there. Just And it's so, that's so cool. Like, what a gift to be able to live on this planet with that knowledge. You know, I say a lot of times, like, when you realize there's magic and you understand what magic is, life becomes so much more fun. Everything is delightful. You know, look at the numbers and and match them up. Look at the signs that you're given every day. It's freaking amazing. And the medicine unlocks that part of us that is our oversoul that is out there seeing everything in dimensions that, you know, you and I can't, can't tap into in this like conscious state um, ah, to even just get a glimpse of it on a walk on a Monday afternoon is everything, you know, it's so good. It's so fun. It's a freaking miracle that mm-hmm. like every single moment, yeah, it can, it can be very easy to, um, you know, even in the midst of like, like for me and you and psychedelic community and having these psychedelic conversations all the time, like even, even for me, I am just like, I can get caught up and like the, Oh, my life is so boring. You know, moments like, Ooh, mm, what am course. I doing? And, and then I remember like, Oh, MG, I'm a psychedelic leader. Like I'm like, I am facilitating. I'm, I have the honor. Uh, and I am so grateful to be here alive. Oh my gosh. Like I get this opportunity to just see and hear and taste and just feel my skin. Like (laughs) there's just so many, so many crazy, awesome things. So many. And, you know, Mm -hmm. and the beauty of microdosing is when you hit up to those, you know, those edges of like this 3d life and I'm like, Oh my God, you know, I can't, 
just the the monotony mm-hmm. of this world that we're being asked to live in that it is changing but still i've had how many arguments have i had in ceremony where i'm like this is great but i have to go to the grocery store tomorrow and like, yeah i, don't I want know to. i don't want to do it anymore you know yeah um is that i can take a microdose on those days when i'm feeling particularly punchy or pithy or bored and i can ask in deep reverence say like remind me again why this is such a gift and just 50 milligrams with a good practice you know can bring me back and that's that's amazing mhm it really is yeah like smell i can just think of how a mushroom smells and right. i'm like here I am. <laughs> I know. Okay. And that's, that's the crazy thing really too. Sensitive. Yeah. About journeys. Um, Anastasia, who's our head of facilitation and like kind of heads up our education. It's amazing. We talk about this, like how, you know, a lot of people fear that you're going to forget a journey or you're going to forget, you're going to forget. And any good teacher will tell you in that moment, like, you're not going to forget it. <laughs> yeah. You can't forget it. It's, but you can't, it's so hard mm-hmm. to trust that you won't, but there's moments where I'm just driving down the street to said grocery store and a flash of something will from a past ceremony will just come flooding into my mind. Not only the remembrance of it, but the message sometimes years later. And I, I'll just be like, it just happened the other day. I was driving. And I was like, Oh, Oh, got it. Years yep. later. Mm-hmm. And that's insane. So, I mean, you mm-hmm. are, you're just always in it once you invite it in and it isn't this dangerous, drugged out, checked out, bypassing, numbed out experience. It is actually completely the opposite. It is like my heart just cracks open day after day at the wonder of it all. Of mm-hmm. and my the ability to talk to God. And you know, for me, I'm just very programmed. I'm like, thank you. Like, thank you. Okay. What can I do now? (laughs) I mean, it's just, it's the opposite of anything that we've been told. And then it's the opposite of any permission we've been given. Mm -hmm. And to, and then to just say yes to it all is just, it's the most fun ever. It's the best. Yeah. It's the best. I am so happy to be here. I'm so happy to be here. It's really nice to be reminded of that, which the mushroom does such a great job of that. Um, I'm trying to remember the term that my friend used the other day. So the weekend before last, I did a deep dive with some of my best friends uh, who are moms Mm. and uh, uh, another close friend who's not a mom, but I've had so many amazing life experiences with her and Mm. mushroom experiences. And so she was the person there that was holding space, just like not communing, making sure like, we had water, like reassuring yeah. us, like, yeah, we're good. We're good. good. Really great to have. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, my friend put it, she's a massage therapist and a personal trainer. And she used this term, which I'm blanking on now, but basically how, when we go into strength training, like it's an exercise that helps us, um, it, it burns like uh-huh. it, it's intense. We're we're tearing down muscle to rebuild it and make it stronger. And she's like, "That's what mushrooms are." Mm. It's like it's like that same thing. Like I'm allowing myself to just like purge and let go of like whatever the energy that's not serving me anymore. And um, yeah, be open to 
new perspectives, building, new building on that. So it's not, it's not necessarily easy, I would say, to have these uh, amazing communions with the mushroom, mm-hmm. um, but it sure is rewarding. Amen, sister. And it can be fun. It can be fun. It's okay it to have fun, fun too. It's okay <laughs> to have fun too. Yeah, that can happen. Yeah. And that yes. can be great. You don't have to yes. stop yourself if you're having a good time. Nothing is gonna. Nothing is more curative than uh, laughing, laughing, and uh, yeah. laughing with your girlfriends. There's nothing better. Oh, so good. So yeah. good. So, um, well, could you tell us a little bit more about your programs with Mom? Like what y'all are opening up. For the community? Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, so we have this three and a half month course. It's kind of our foundational course of getting started microdosing, um, creatively called course one, because okay. no matter how <laughs> many shrooms I take and how many downloads I get, I cannot change the name to that course to something amazing. Right. Whatever. Number one. Um, so it's course number one. And uh, that's really. Uh, it's, it's, we only do 10 women or less inside a cohort. And it's really that safe container for you to create that relationship with the medicine and create your own intentional practice while you're, you've got someone there to hold you, you can learn and you're learning with other mothers. And I really think that the shared experience of being women, of being mothers and microdosing, it just leaves, it just cuts through some additional barriers. Mm -hmm. So there's a level of understanding. Um, We're going to be starting courses for mothers who are 65 plus so because that's its own shared experience on top of it. So we're going to be having like a golden girls cohort coming up cool. um, and we run cohorts. It's evolving a little bit, but at least three times a year. Um, so there's always opportunity to hop into a course. Um, we've got two kind of evergreen courses. If you're, I imagine this audience doesn't really need it, but we have, again, like a microdosing 101 for moms. It's just the how, the why, the what the hell is this mm-hmm. um, through the lens of being a mother. Because I do think working, as you know, working with this medicine is a completely different experience and a different intention when you're mm-hmm. doing it while you're raising tiny humans. So, yep. um, and then we have the same thing for macrodose course, uh, macrodosing and large dose journeys as well. That really mm-hmm. goes deep. Um, we have interviews with just real moms, not influencers nice. or psychedelic leaders, just moms who've done journeys. And this is what happens so that you get again, that context and you can just say, Oh, I'm like her. Maybe, you know, like it just, yeah. it just takes the temperature down on the fear barometer. Um, and then we have the grow, which is mm-hmm. like Facebook for moms on shrooms. It's our yeah. private community membership. It's off social media. There's no algorithms. There's no advertisements. There's no gurus. It's $2 and 22 cents a month. So I really just, that's like our service to the world. And we invite all mothers, whether you're an experienced psychonaut, like we need your voices mm-hmm. and, and guidance to help support women, or you're terrified, but you, you were curious, like come into the grow and you can get questions answered. It's got tons of resources inside of it on top of just the feed. Um, and it's a beautiful growing place. And we're calling in, I'm calling in a million moms. Um, Cause I feel like when a million moms stand yes. behind this medicine, it will be legal. Yes. And there will be no war, like period. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. So I for 2024, it. we're calling in 10,000 mothers to be like the first, the first gatekeepers of, of this space in the grow and to show that we are standing on mass behind this medicine together. And the conversations that happen there are fantastic. So that's what we offer. It. It's all on Thank you. moms on mushrooms.com. 
Thank you so much. Yeah, I I just want to like reflect back to you how like I'm I'm truly grateful for the work that you're doing. Like truly, truly grateful. Um, Eric and I back in 2015 were arrested for underground ceremony and ended up with felonies. And um, you know, thankfully we didn't have kids together uh, yet. Um, but he had his older kids. And I mean, that was the worst experience of my I life. Can't like, even I, imagine. I grew up very straight edge. I was a competitive yeah. ice skater and I was very like focused yeah. on doing anything that could help me grow um, as a person, be a better person. And that that was my practice with mushrooms at the time. And I was just baffled. How mm-hmm. is this happening to me? Like, I, how is this happening? I Like, this is so healthy for me. This is so mm-hmm. healthy for the people we're working with. Mm. And now like we're on house arrest, like this is twisted, like, come on. So, and you know, as with most um, really hard experiences in life, I look back and I'm like, okay, like that was a good thing. I'm glad that happened for all kinds of reasons. It led us to where we, where we are now, but such a big part of, so where we are now with the church and being able to call upon the first amendment right that we have uh, to practice with our spiritual practice authentically, sincerely mm-hmm. is being able to prove that it's safe and that we're not, yep. we're not harming ourselves. We're not harming others um, in this practice. And so doing the work mm-hmm. that you are doing and building this community and educating our people um, of the world like it cannot be underestimated doing what you have have done, gone on Dr. Phil. Like I saw that, like, I can't even imagine. (laughs) It was was absolutely the biggest trip of my life. (laughs) That was the most psychedelic thing I've ever done. (laughs) Dr. Phil. I bet. Thank you for (laughs) taking that trip. (laughs) But it's so like, it's so like, there's the spectrum of it. Like it's, you know, it's fun and it's a trip and like, and it's so freaking awesome. And I'm just so grateful. So from the bottom of my heart, like, thank you for showing up in this work and, and doing it. Like, I know there's all kinds of challenges along the way. Um, So just thank you for persistent and working through that. Well, it's an honor. And, you know, I'll reflect back. If you hadn't taken the brave step and gotten arrested in 2015, I would never be here. So I am acutely aware of the women, the thousands, hundreds of thousands of women who have worked with this medicine long before I ever took a camping trip in Boulder, Colorado. And um, I would not be here without you. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, this has been such a good conversation. I'm really looking forward to um, all our listeners hearing it. And yeah, maybe we can talk again, catch up in the future. 100%. I would love that. Me too. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you.